Okay, yeah. So they keep defining the whole the whole world right now is being defined by are you essential or not essential, right? <laughs> yeah. Like pretty much everything, and it's funny like if one one is considered essential or not. But I was thinking like, uh, you know, we we watch these movies and it's like we're doing like a double feature, folks. We're doing like this thing where we're talking about uh, Train to Busan, which is like a viral zombie outbreak and then black death which is like the paranoia surrounding you know the black plague in the the 1300s what they both have in common is essentially it is groups of essential people crack open a cold box of wine or pour something cold on ice because it's the binge watches podcast Train to Busan, that it's like a government response, right? But it's like everybody's mm-hmm. like, uh, so you see like the soldiers, and you know, at one point, like the main character talking to his friend, the cop on the phone, and then like, I guess you could even consider like the transit authority like essential personnel. I'm like, oh man, right? If you're essential, you are, you're screwed. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you're called upon to 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 act on something, you're definitely you're, you're definitely uh, in harm's way. Yeah, folks, stick with us because we're doing a double feature this episode. As I said, we're covering Trinity Basson and Black Death. And uh, actually, I don't know if you saw this, but one of the Basson actors, he's like uh, mm-hmm. Korean American, but his name is um, it's. And if I if I butcher this, I'm sorry. If you're out there, I don't mean to break any hearts, but I think it's um, Mad Don Sook, and that's actually Don Lee, who's gonna be in the. Marvel Universe movie The Eternals. He's gonna play Gilgamesh, but he's the the tough kind of like blue collar, rough around the edges guy. That's the uh, one of the, the main supporters the... in, in Training Basan folks is this is this guy who's like yeah, kind of like he'd be like your friend at the bar or something. He'd be like a drinking buddy or something. Is like his attitude, like you know the average guy. Like um, yeah, is he the is he the guy with the pregnant wife? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he's uh, yeah, he's the heart of that movie, but... dude. What's that? I said I, for me, he was the heart of the movie. Oh yeah, he does. He does such a good job. He actually won like, I guess like if um, I don't know where these awards are, but there's like some Korean awards, and then there's another award somewhere in Asia that's kind of like it's not an Academy Award, but it's like a film award, and I guess it'd be like their version of their country's awards. I don't know, but he's like uh, has won some awards for it or whatever. And, you know, as Dave said, like if you're looking for like a movie with a little bit of heart, well, he's it for the train to Basan. You know, like um, yeah, he's a pretty legit dude, and you like you definitely buy his character. You know, as being pretty solid. You know, um, but he's doomed, dude. Like you know, he's doomed. You know why? Because like he's just like uh, again, if we're talking about essential and essentials, it's like uh, like the guys in the other movie, they're knights on a mission, and you're like, okay, well. The mission has like a high chance of like imminent death. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean. Right. Like their their mission is to go into the lion's den, so to speak. And you know, like 
they're you know they're, you don't they're not coming back from this and and like the same with this guy like he's so talented because you're like okay he's kind of brawny and he's got a little bit more of like he has a roll up his sleeves attitude and you're like oh man like you just know you just know from from the beginning you're just like oh this guy you, like you, I don't you know he had know. a lot of you know he had a lot of coming. you know you don't know when it's coming but yeah. you just know he's too good to survive the movie you know so he's also like he just the, the character I mean and this is where like. You can tell good performance no matter the language because, like, it just stuck out to me. Um, he – I don't know. He, I, I would not be surprised if I found out later on he was, like, the South Korean rock. Like, I don't know. He seemed oh, to have a lot of – Okay. I, like, you think he has, like, like Dwayne Johnson big dick energy is what you're saying? Like, just like he's, like, this guy. They, like, an everyman, I, right? Like a I, – I guess. I just meant, like, he had a lot of charisma. Like, oh, I yeah. – he. I don't know. He he was like I said. He made the movie for me. Uh, I mean, well, the whole movie's great, but uh, his character um, was I don't know. Maybe it was just because he was my favorite. All right, so let's tell people what. Um, well, I guess we we skipped around. I was gonna say like uh, some movie news stuff, but we're just kind of tearing the train to Basan already. So I guess we'll zip past movie news. Um, so a man and his estranged daughter and other passengers become trapped on a speeding train. During a zombie outbreak in South Korea. That's basically the plot in a nutshell. And I'm not really... I would say, like... The TV Guide version of of it is, like... Or the tagline is, like, not enough to do it justice. Because, like you said... Um, oh, I already... Well, I don't even know what you said. I already forgot. But I, <laughs> I can only remember exact words. But, like, um, I'm basically just saying, like... It, it's more than his heart. It's actually just well done. Like, uh... It could have easily fallen to, like, all the traps of a zombie movie. You know, it could have been, like, every other zombie movie, right? Yeah. Um, the zombies do a little bit something different. They're the, well, they're, they're the 21st century version of zombies, which move really fast. And the the infection spreads like a wildfire, you know, spreads yeah. really quickly. But it does a good job of, like, the old um, George Romero style where you hear about the infection kind of like in the background. Like, if you go back and watch that movie, like, there's, like, news reports and radio yeah. reports. And so, like, people are aware of the infection, but it's just kind of, like, it's in the background, and then all of a sudden it's, it's like, everywhere. And uh, what I think, like, this this one is just, like, this one lady is infected and walks into the train, right? And then bites the lady mm. who works on the train. Isn't that how it starts? Um, and then, and then, yeah, like, I believe. Infected. Something like that. Um, but the main character is, like, a disassociated, like, executive. And, um, I don't know, he's, like, going through a custody battle with his ex-wife. But then he wants the daughter for her birthday, but she wants to see the mother. So, he, like, what? He breaks down and he's going to take the daughter to where the mom lives, right? In another city or something? That something like that. That's how it goes. And, uh, yeah, so they get on the train when all this stuff is starting to go down and then they're like they try to like um segregate part of the train or whatever and then like the people are trying to separate themselves from the infected and then you got like another executive on the train who's like panicking right he's like the guy that like would in my imagination be the guy that like scrubs his hands until they fall off with soap and water if they told him he could save his life by washing his hands you know what i'm talking about like the right. really weasley like jerk executive guy who's like you know really builds them up into a fever and gets everybody wor like kind of working against each other and then, yeah uh, for sure yeah and then like spoiler alert 
go ahead a couple minutes. Like, he's the jerk that gets like four or five people killed when you find when you get to the climax of the movie, right? Yeah. Like, well, our, our protagonist kind of started off like him almost. I mean, he um, because he had that inside tip of like of like, oh, go to uh, this corner of the station yeah. and I'll uh, I'll get we have people that'll get you through. Oh, so yeah, you know, it's it because like he's got some he's got some clout or whatever. Like he's like a, an aristocrat, right? Like, yeah, I he had really connections. Know, um, you know the social system or life in the city there or whatever or or South Korea how it works. But he, yeah, he basically calls in a favor, like Dave just said, and uh, and um, you know, a police buddy or something's like, yeah, go to this one station, but don't go through the main exit where everybody else is going to try to you know, escape the quarantine zone or whatever of survivors. Yeah. Come over here and I'll I'll send like a jeep with my two guys and my detectives will pick you up and your daughter will escort you out of the city or whatever. So, and it backfires. It backfires big time. I mean, the other side of the station is completely like mobbed with uh, oh, soldiers, right? So, and then like, and then they're right, like, that was like, um, actually one of my favorite scenes was the escalator. Like everybody had exited the train and they're trying to leave the yes. station, and they think they've, like, like managed to escape the outbreak, and then, boom, like, no, forget it. Like, their version of the National Guard is completely infected, and then it's, like, bodies are falling on top of each other as they try to, as the humans try to escape the infected and get back to the train in time. And the train guy's like, oh, can we go to this station? No, that station's out. Can we go to that station? No, that station's out. And he's like, um, well... Yeah, I kind of get the impression from, like, the train engineer, he's basically saying, or the conductor, he's basically, like, trying to say, like, well, eventually we're going to run out of train tracks. Like, where do you want me to park this train, and, like, what city is safe right. to bring these people to, you know? But, um, uh, it's pretty fascinating. Like, uh, well, like you said, he's kind of a piece of shit. The main character is kind of a jerk who, like, actually, over the course of the movie, and this is a great journey if you think about it. Like, if you meet a, a main character that really, like, isn't worth your time, but then, like, wins you over <laughs> toward, like kind of grows into being like a protagonist is kind of interesting you know yeah i mean he has the biggest he has a big arc a big change um yeah that's true because he's kind of like a cold fish right and then he he lets his guard down and then like then is emoting but of course like i mean there's at least three other characters that you know make a sacrifice for him to kind of warm up that way though you know what i mean yeah, and as you point, we um, pointed out the dude that we both liked, like uh, who was kind of like, kind of like uh, if you were thinking about like a high school varsity team or something, and there was like a what was it like a baseball team? Wasn't there like mm -hmm. a group of young kids that were all like what on some kind of team? But essentially, that one guy like organized everybody, and then it was kind of like he was trying to cut, like have some kind of common ground with the main character and then they finally connected on just the fact that they were trying to protect the unborn baby and then also the little girl that that was there right one had yeah. a daughter and one was about to have a son so they were working together on the on the train and then the other younger guy's motivation was i think his girlfriend was like the cheerleader of his little high school baseball team or something but yeah i mean how incredible is it when they're like doing they're duct taping their arms because they notice that like these things are trying to bite everybody <laughs> so it looks like duct take our arms into this little homemade like you know like like they basically slap together this little thing and I, that's something that i think is cool about the movie is um they have nothing to fight the zombies with 
Right. Uh, like they well, they were fortunate enough to be have a baseball team around for bats, but that's yeah. like Yeah, it. but they're scrapping essentially with themselves. Like they you know, these these things are eating them. And and there's uh, there's zombies technically, but it's almost like you know sometimes you watch a good movie and you just by calling the monster what it is kinda like detracts from how good it is, you know, like like just saying they're zombies you, people will just shrug and be like, Okay, well, it's, I've seen all the zombie movies, like why should I like why should right. I care? But they like go through throats. They like attack your. I noticed they like go for your throat in this movie, almost like vampires. But we already mentioned they move fast. Um, they have this weird thing well, with light, which I thought was interesting. Yeah, they they created some new rules in this movie that I thought were actually pretty interesting. Like it didn't feel, um, I don't know. It, it didn't feel like they just pulled shit out of their head. They really kind of thought about it. They introduced a few new rules, like. Um, yeah, if they're in the darkness, they or they can't see you. They're almost like T Rexes or dinosaurs. Like if they can't see you, they don't come after you. Um, or or if they're distracted. Um, God, what what other new rules? Did, I'm trying to think what el- other new rules they created with this one. Um, um, I'll go back to the new rules they created, but you were talking about distractions. Um, we'll go back to our discussion about Basan in a minute. But first, I want to go to a word from our sponsors. Tonight we're sponsored by my bookie. Sports have come to a screeching halt with basketball benched and pitchers off the mound, but our friends at my bookie aren't going to let you down. You can stay sane and stay entertained with access to your favorite games like blackjack, roulette, slots, war, and more. It doesn't matter whether you're out on the front lines or quarantined at home. The fun doesn't have to come to an end with my bookie. Video poker, if that's not your fix, well, they've got you covered with the host of live casino dealers online. That's right, they have professional dealers at their tables, live on site, 24-7. Your favorite squad is sidelined because of the pandemic? Don't even sweat it. MyBookie has partnered with some of the leading esports brands to bring you wagers on a virtual action. Straight from the court and NBA 2K20. Plus, you can always do your part to make your bankroll great again by taking advantage of shifting odds on political bets. You can trust the industry leaders in times like these. They're reliable, upright, and best of all, they pay fast when you win. Visit mybookie.ag, that's promo code BINGEWATCHERS, to receive 150% cash bonus on your first deposit. And you can claim those extra funds all the way up to $750. Use promo code BINGEWATCHERS to activate the first offer. Promo code BINGEWATCHERS. You spin, you win, you get paid. Now back to Basan. Okay, so my thoughts on how do they change the rules. Well, obviously, we know that there's very few movies that use the fast-acting zombies, right? Like, that's right. really popular with the Dawn of the Dead remake. Um, uh, with, what other movies have, oh, the 28 Days Later have fast 28 Days right? Later, um, the first one was Return of the Living Dead, actually, although. Oh, yeah, R-O, yeah. <laughs> oh, T-L-D, baby. T- <laughs> Um, which Dave covered, if you guys go back and pull up the classics, we did a Halloween run a couple years ago where we did, like, every night for 30 days in a row, and Dave has one of the best Return of the Living Dead reviews I think I've ever heard as far as podcasts are concerned. Anyway, um, you know what, since, I guess if I mention our greatest hits, I gotta drop a a link, right? So that'll be in the podcast notes for people to listen to. Um, that's pretty sweet, and I guess that might have been... Is that the movie that set the stage for that, do you think? I think so. I mean, it, um, 
they were certainly the first one. It was certainly the first one to have running zombies, and it also had talking zombies. Although I'm not sure if that's the first one to do that. Oh, I can pretty much almost guarantee that the director of Train to Busan has seen like Night of the Living Dead, probably the King of the it, Living Dead. He seemed he, he, I mean, he seemed to incorporate certain things, but then as you said, oh, he definitely did. Obvious. Well, the thing I liked about this movie was, um, you know, like you said, it took from it. It seems to take the best parts of every zombie movie. Yeah. It even took the best part of a shitty zombie movie, which was uh, World War. <clears throat> God, I cannot talk. World War Z. Um, yeah, because the the, the I, I first of all, I don't like World War Z. I think it's a fucking boring movie. But it did have a cool concept of the rising or stacking zombies. Um, and this movie kind of took that, I don't, I won't say to a next level, but it utilized it really well for this movie. Like when they're running at you, if they fall over, they just keep coming at you. They pile on yeah. one another. Yeah. The, um, the, the pile up is kind of cool. They're kind of look, looking like ants or like, uh, just like rabid animals that have no course or direction. You know what I mean? And they're just reacting to things. The weird right. thing that this one sets out is like something about when they're in the dark, they don't know where they are. They like, they can't find you. I was like, oh, what a weird reversal of the rules, because like, you wouldn't think they would be able to find you in the day. you think it'd be like the opposite, but it's yeah. kind of weird. So that, you wonder if they're blind, and they're relying on just like sound or like movement or smelling people. I don't know what it is. But it seems like sound really is triggering the zombies in this movie. Like when Yeah, because the, they have to be super quiet. The homeless guy who gets on the train is trying to survive, and they remember when they're, they're climbing over like all the... The seats in the car, and he steps on like a Coke can or whatever, and then they all come out. Yeah, him. yeah. Um, that's a really intense scene, folks. Like, um, they're sneaking through the train cars, waiting for it to be dark in the tunnel, so they can get by like a horde of zombies to get to the car that's safe with the rest of the humans. And so they're climbing over things and uh, like trying not to make a sound. That's a pretty intense sequence. Anyway, I was reading that they were gonna do a sequel called Peninsula. And the director was saying it was going to be like Mad Max plus uh, Akira is like the inspiration for this post-apocalyptic version of like what happens to the world after the event Train to Basan. But it was supposed to premiere uh, premiere at the Cannes Film Festival, but they can't obviously now because of like the right. whole world being on a lockdown and everything going. Is true. Who knows what they're going to do? I don't know. Like, uh, but they said it's a bigger budget. It looks more ambitious. Which is kind of weird. When you hear that, when they say bigger budget, more ambitious, it's like they're going to change the style. And sometimes they ruin sequels that way. But um, they were saying, like, you know, Train to Busan's a high-concept film with a narrow space, whereas Peninsula was going to, like, broaden the terms out with a wider scope. But, um, you know, we had heard that the sequel was going to be about a soldier who managed to escape, you know, the zombie-infested South Korea. He was on a mission back into Korea to retrieve something valuable but his return trip gets complicated after he meets, like, non-infected survivors who are stuck and they need help. But it's supposed to take place, like, years after Train to Busan. But again, like, same hmm. universe, different characters, right? So not really – I mean, folks, we warned you at the beginning that you're going to get your hearts broken. So ah. you shouldn't expect to see any of the characters in Train to Busan in the sequel. <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? We'll just leave it at that without having to go into details, right? Like, I'm not going to say who gets off the train and who doesn't. Um, and then, uh, I guess, like, the the sequel, they took 60 days to shoot it, so it sounds like a pretty big movie. Like, um, Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to it now. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. Like I said, it's drawing ins inspiration from Mad Max and Fury Road and all that, and, like, 
Um, you know, comparing it to like apocalyptic like manga, which is like anime stuff, but in, in the book comic book form. Um, right. But you know, who, I mean, who knows? It it could be something interesting. And I know Dave well, said that uh, we've you know we've really celebrated Training Basan, which is fair. Uh, but it's a double feature, so now we're going to talk about Black Death, which um, takes place during the bubonic plague in the 14th century in England. There's a young monk. His name is Osmond. It's actually Eddie Redmayne. Um, he gets recruited by this guy named Ulrich, who's played by Sean Bean. There's a group of knights. They go into the marshes. They're looking for this mystery village where they've heard rumors that a necromancer is bringing people back from the dead and the village is plague-free and, and it's all because of sorcery. So they go to look and, like, Osmond's the guy that's got to, like, be their guide. But this, this young monk, whatever, is, like, you know... Um, he well, he has ulterior motives because he's hooking up with a young lady in his own village or like outside of the monastery, wherever he, they are. And mm. but then they're like, you know, narrowly avoiding the plague. And I think like the first thing that happens is you see like one of their one of the knights is infected within like the first ten minutes of the movie or something. But they're surrounded by it. Like everybody is either sick or dying in this movie, or being accused of witchcraft, right? And <laughs> then um, um, I mean, I guess I can say like. When it came out, do you, do you do you hear about a movie called um, Season of the Witch that came out with um, uh yeah yeah the Nicolas Cage movie yeah it came out with Nicolas Cage and Perlman and basically Season of the Witch is more like of an action movie this one's more of like a pretty dismal horror film right this one's kind of um like ratchets up like the gruesomeness and and like torture like you you go on the quest with the knights but you're like I don't know. I don't think you get a sense that it's going to end badly. You kind of, I think you don't know like where it's going to go. And the other one, it's obvious that magic is real. Like in this one, it's more like hysteria, right? Mm -hmm. But I know the other one didn't do that well, so it didn't really. Like it came out before Black Death. I think Season of the Witch came out first, and people are like, "Eh, whatever, lukewarm about it." And then Black Death came out, and they're like, "It's going to be just like the other one." But um. You know, it shows you, like, painful infections and pitiless death that spread through, like, hysterical panic. And then it's, like, you're kind of opposed with these two forces. Like, these really, like, heretical fanatics that are in a, into, like, I guess they're Satanists at the village that they find. Maybe. Like, um, they're definitely not <laughs> Christians. But then, like, the, the other opposite extreme is the knights who so fiercely believe in Christ that they're almost psychotic. Right? <laughs> like, uh, they talk about absolution and benediction and all this stuff. And then, you know, they um, encounter, what's her name? Carice Van Houten, who's like one of the actors who played uh, a witch in Game of Thrones, of all things. And she's kind of like running this village. And the whole movie is really setting you up for it to be like torture porn. Like, once these guys get captured, that's it. Mm. Like, they're going to get fucked up. Um,. But each knight has, like, a personality, and they have cool names, like Wolfstein and Griff and, you know, like, and so you're kind of like, oh, man, it's like He-Man and his friends on a little adventure <laughs> into Skeletor's castle or something, you know what I mean? But uh, it's very brutal. Um, but I guess you can tell me why you don't like it. And then, But if you do have a favorite of the knights, like, if there was one that like, you liked, then I'd like to hear if you picked a favorite. That's the game I thought we could play. It's like, what well, did you like? Like, I mean, well, obviously like the friend on the train, but um, what do you think of the group of knights and following this story? Like, what do you think? 
Um, <clears throat> I don't know. It, nothing really stuck out for this movie for me. I, I know you, I know you like it. Um, yeah. it's fine, but it just, I don't know. Uh, it's, I can't tell you because nobody stuck out to me. I mean, I, I remember Sean Bean maybe just cause I know Sean Bean. Um, but, he uh, in this movie, just like his character in uh, game of Thrones. <laughs> well, I'm headed per uh, se, but like I said, every, everyone oh, God. is tortured in this movie. So that, well, his, uh, well, I guess spoiler alert. Uh, you are, uh, you know, he, Sean Bean gets Sean Bean like he does like in every movie. He gets killed, but oh, that's like a meme. That's like an internet meme, folks. Like uh, Sean Bean gets the Sean Bean treatment in every movie, right? Is basically what you're saying. Yeah, but I don't know. Uh, I don't know how he dies in every movie, but I wager that this is his most gruesome death. Uh, actually, uh, kudos to his death scene because that that's the one thing that stuck with me. It's the most brutal thing on the movie, and, like, YouTube ruins it. Like, there's clips from this movie, and that's, like, one of the five clips. I'm like, okay, well, you pretty much could, you don't, I mean, what's the point of writing the movie out for 90 minutes if you go right to the, the climax? You can give away all the good stuff, you know what I mean? It's like the, yeah. it be the money shot of the whole movie. And again, yeah, it kind of ventures into torture porn. Like I said, the knights get captured. Um, it's about two extremes. Like they believe in God and the other people believe in the devil and they think the devil's protecting them from the plague. And the other people are convinced that it's witchcraft that's spreading. You know what I mean? There's like a lot of yeah. misinformation is being spread around and like, gee, I wonder what that feels like. <laughs> a, a group of people like, <laughs> you know, completely uh, given into mass hysteria, you know? Um, and, and then what happens? And, and in this movie, you know, knights get captured and they, or like um, some infighting too. Like clearly, some of them don't get along. But the standout for me is um, John Lynch, who's like this British actor. He plays like the second in command. He's the guy that kind of like cares when each one of them is getting killed. Like he really takes it personally. Uh-huh. Is he as likable as the best friend in the train movie? No, he's not as cuddly like that guy. But he's he's an interesting character, and um, and he's one of the few people that gets out of this pit at the end of the movie, you know, um, which kind of sucks. They're soaked in a water pit, just waiting to be tortured, you know, um, or sacrificed, as as the case may be. Sure. Look, um, you can watch, you know, uh, Black Death on Tubi, and Train to Busan is popping up like you can get it for like two bucks on Amazon. I think it's also on. Um, it's definitely on Netflix. Yeah, Netflix yeah, just got added to Netflix recently, so it's they're available. Uh, you can watch these movies. I think it's even available on Vudu for on their free version. Oh, is that right? Oh yeah, I that, think that so. Is, I, yeah, that's. I think that's how I watched it. Like you're free with the ads. Um, but if you got the Netflix, you might as well watch it on Netflix. Yeah. So we're leaning full force, folks, into like a we're gonna be watching some anime movies, and we have a whole list. To go into, it's like, um, like our anime in April stuff. We're gonna cover hits like Wicked City. We're gonna dive into Ninja Scroll. We have some other things like Dead Leaves. Um, lots of anime movies. Dave is actually gonna basically be dipping his toes in this new water. Cause, uh, yeah, I, I, kid, I, I watched a water. handful. What's that? I said I've only seen a handful, and yeah. it's it's not it's not my I, I'm kind of looking forward to it because it, it's kind of nice to get out of my comfort zone and try something new. Um, I did notice so, though, yeah. um, Dave said he found Ninja Scroll on Hulu, and I was actually watching it for like a half hour tonight, 
and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, man, it's the subbed version, so that's cool because you're listening to the original, you know, Japanese uh, dialogue and then the subtitles, but the subtitles are not as funny as the, like, early English dub because you know how they try to rush these dub scripts and they have their own, like, there's, a, uh. there's like, a serious thing about, like, really good English dubbing in martial arts and anime movies where the scripts are a little bit more comical and they have a little bit more personality. So, I mean, that's how I saw it a long time ago. I saw, you know, a VHS Ninja Scroll, and it was, you know, the the voice actors were really cool. And then I, I have the DVD, yeah. actually. There's, like, a DVD special edition they released, like, in the early days of DVD, and I have that somewhere. And I was really surprised because it feels a little different. You know how, like, you watch the sub versus the dub? Uh-huh. And it's it's always a little bit different, but overall, it's a great movie. It has like an '80s style feel. It came out in '93, so the early '90s were like um, still kind of like the '80s, you know. Like and really until like we got to like the grunge era, the '90s was just like the, the '80s part two, at least in my opinion. Right. So there you go, folks. We're doing a bunch of anime stuff. We got a bunch of cool episodes. Um, shout out to Mindy Green. Um, we got a really cool. Uh, oh yeah, you know, rating on on iTunes, and she was basically oh, saying hello? she's considered uh, non essential, and so you know she took the time to give us a a shout out on iTunes, and that's pretty cool. So love her for that. So tune in next week, folks. We'll be back with a brand new binge watchers. Otherwise, have a good night, stay safe, and keep watching movies. Peace. <laughs>